0: Shouldn't use that as the intro. (laughs) We won't. (laughs) Motorhead? Question mark. Oh, so when they recorded this for the first time, was it bastards, and then they just the the label sold it as Motorhead? No, I think at the time,
1: I think at the time they are Motorheads rather than bastards. Do you want to do a proper intro for
0: this? You do the intro. Go on. You you tell people.
1: Me tell the people. You tell the people. Start again.
0: (laughs) Cause I, I, Do you want to just intro it as just the your Motorhead Monthly spiel? You're listening to Motorhead Monthly. This month, a little something different. A blast from the past and a loving tribute all in one. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway, there was news that broke last month. To say that, Larry Wallace uh, had died at the age of 61. Decent um, He was in... Not, not great, decent. Huh? It's you know decent, not great, not a great innings, uh, but fair for someone who's probably done a hell of a lot of jobs <laughs> in his lifetime. It's Yeah, he was in Pink Fairies. Fair, he's probably done some psychedelics. So yeah, Larry was original guitar player in my head. Um, left before they made a big, but for some reason we have an album. Well which the, is quite a long end. The reason we have an album story. is
0: because the people who record the company that recorded it refused to release it. So but then when Motörhead broke big so they in 1977, for example, record executives are all bastards. In
1: 1975 Motörhead were actually signed to United Artists. Um I think the lineup at that stage consisted of Lemmy, Larry and was it Blaine. Lucas Fox on drums? Yes. So they set about recording what would have been the first Motorhead album. Um, Partway through, Lucas was, or Lucas left the band, and Phil Taylor was brought in because Lemmy knew him through the local speed scene. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Phil was brought in. He overdubbed most of the drums, bar one track, which I haven't tried to do it, but it's supposed to be stupidly difficult. Because, obviously, like if you've got drums, you can overdub a guitar because mm. you're playing along to that beat, but you're effectively being asked to put the beat under Overused. an existing track. So, fair play to him. He's done that on most of the songs, and it's not noticeable all, at all. All but one, because... Um, apparently, the session they were due to record or do that overdub, he had to go f- into court for a drunken disorderly offense. <laughs> Rock and roll. So, yeah, the- <laughs> Bill Taylor, everybody. Um, <laughs> but we're not we're not here so much to talk about Phil. We're here to talk about Larry's contribution to Motorhead, just to see how different it is. Because, as we say, "On Parole" was recorded in 1975. United Artists refused to release her. Mm-hmm. The reason it came about was December 1979. After Bomber, or no Overkill and Bomber. Uh, it sort of propelled motorheads into into the public consciousness. So United Art Arts for do you know what? Ching we've, ching. Yeah, we've got um we've got effectively a demo tape in the back there. We might be able to make some cash off this so slap the motorhead logo on it.
0: Unscrupulous bastards.
1: And out into the world it goes. How dare um, they but it's quite an interesting piece of history to look at really 'cause a lot of the a lot of the songs are uh, were re recorded, rewritten, rearranged, and went on the debut album, the self titled mm-hmm. Um But it's just interesting to see how their sound evolved from this period in 1975 to where we get in 79 across four years because, in all honesty, it's a very different band.
0: This is before Eddie Clark is involved as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So the irony being that Larry was insistent on getting a second guitarist. Mm -hmm. And the story... Well, well, the story goes, um, Phil knew Fast Eddie from Painting (laughs) Houseboats.
0: What a weird way to be connected to a band. (laughs) Yeah.
1: um, So apparently the three of them, Phil Taylor, Eddie Clark, Lemmy, um, had organised a session with Larry. Larry had ended up turning up late. Um... Apparently, when they did start, he was way too loud. Just didn't sort of work. And after that, he was he was out. Just strange how things work out. Um, obviously, without Eddie Clark, we wouldn't have Motorheads, or we wouldn't have all the albums we have. And you know, for Motorhead to become the band they well, became,
0: this album is a good example of that, isn't it? Because this sounds like pretty much the the natural next step from a guy leaving Hawkwind. Yeah. It's but very it much doesn't the... sound enough like Motörhead to be Motörhead.
1: It's not. It's it's dead weird to see that logo yeah. on on this album, but it is interesting to to hear Larry's contribution to the band and how that would have shaped their sounds going forward. So, kick off
0: Motorheads. on Motörhead. <laughs> So a song that's come from Auckland, <laughs> and now is part of Bastards, which is now part of Motorhead of the band, the band.
1: Yeah, so he talks about this on the self-titled debut. Obviously, just a song, just about being a speed freak. Mm-hmm. It's it's so weird to to play this next to the actual Motorhead version. I don't know how to separate these two albums. We'll call them the '75' and the. The 77 versions. So, 75
0: version. It
1: sounds so much brighter. There's so much of a brighter guitar sound. It's almost yeah.
0: proggy, this album. Well, c- c- considering what he went on to do after this, he uh, did stints. Well, Pink Ferris was his main thing, but he did a stint in UFO. Weg was with someone from Hawkwind as well, so prog's where his heart was by the looks of it, by the sound of it. It's so weird because, to me, Motorhead, you can't really get much further away
1: yeah. from prog. <laughs> 'Cause to me, motorhead's very it's a it's a little bit punk, it's a little bit metal, it's a little bit old school rock and roll. None of that is none of those things match up to to prog.
0: No crossover.
1: <laughs> no. So it's dead weird to hear it. Like we get this just it's all well, I don't know if it's a, a motorcycle engine or just like a just something from a big old muscle car or something, we get this big seems to be very big on sound effects on this really? album. Yeah,
0: it's like a Weird Al album, man. all those
1: weird boinks and bruns. <laughs> yeah, there's some lasers in there, but but yeah, we start off with this big chugging engine noise before the riff kicks in, but it's just so weird to hear, it's almost like a clean guitar sound over hmm. it. Yeah. So how does, how does this compare to... Uh, well, it, we're not even at the point of being like bass-driven either, really, are we? No, it's there are some bass-driven songs. Well, not bass-driven songs on this, but there are songs on this album where the bass is more prominent. And but again, that's bridge. just so weird to hear.
0: It's even like, even though it is a bit more prominent, it's still being played like a bass. If you get me. Yeah. We're, we're not at the stage here where he's just playing like chords and open strings and stuff on a Yeah, bass. we're
1: not. We're not at the stage where where Lemmas basically just picked up a pick and fed his Rickenbacker backer through two Marshall stacks. With the overdrive whacked all the way up.
0: If you think of it, there's three versions of this song, three studio versions. This is probably not the best one.
1: No, it's fair. it's I, very I would... radio friendly. There's some interesting yeah. fills between at the end of the um at the end of the lines on the verses, but it's not it's not my favorite
0: version. I w- I would put them on parole, Hawkwind, then Motorhead. Yeah, going backwards. So Motorhead's the best. Motorhead. Yeah.
1: Right. Second track on parole.
0: <laughs> Much more old school rock and
1: roll. Agreed. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a song that Larry's brought across from Think Fairies. It's very rock and roll. It's not quite um, plinky plonky piano. Yeah.
0: So that's where like the commonality must have been between Lemmy and Larry. Yeah, I mean, the taste for the old. You can you do
1: hear snippets of this? Like I'm trying to think of some of the songs we've been through recently. Going to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, don't waste your time. Yeah. On <laughs> sacrifice loads of stuff so yeah i know lemmy sings on this as well because there are a few songs which larry does go through but i think he only does backing vocals on this so let me grab the lyrics out.
0: i like a laugh i like a joke it's not my fault my sense of humor's broke but then they also they've got the stuff in there like uh i wouldn't be out with this loaded gun looking to shoot someone <laughs> so it's even for its time it's a bit like oof wow how did you play that on the radio yeah i mean we've got We've got like bands like Sex Pistols and Clash starting
1: to come out now, so you're almost getting this. It's very fifty sound in this, as yeah, you mm-hmm. say. You've got this very fifties rock and roll, but with these lyrics, which possibly would have been seen as quite controversial. Like I'm, not you know, I'm out on parole. I'm not gonna listen to what anyone tells me to do. I'm I'm just gonna do what I like just because I want to.
2: <laughs> I
0: wonder if that was one of the decisions that kept the album from being released. It's possible, isn't it? I know United Artists
1: didn't seem to like the quality it, but it's it's just the attitudes of this as well. It really embodies like the the punk sort of subculture that was coming up this time. It's almost like, yeah, I'm back on the streets. I'm on parole. What are you gonna yeah. do about it?
0: Well, had me, had me for keeps, but they don't know this boy never sleeps. So this is like the only one that wasn't written by Lemmy that survived to be a Mothead song, really, isn't it? Yeah, this did he do a version of this on? Is it an outtake on Motorhead? I... G- <sighs> I want to say definitely, <laughs> because I, I, my memories are of Lemmy singing this, not that version. But I've been wrong many times before. Oh, it's on Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. That's it. It's on Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, but it is on Motorhead, Motorhead. On oh, one of the reissues, isn't and On the reissues, but yeah. not the actual album album.
1: Live... I can't remember no. ever here in this live. No. I think there's not many songs from that. I think Motörhead's the only song that really that lasted through right to yeah. the end. There's nothing else off here. Like I know we've talked about the first album on the very first podcast of this, and I'm I'm not oh. overly keen on it.
0: Huh? <laughs> All those years ago, <laughs> last year, last year. <laughs>
1: This you really get a, I think it's because it's Larry's song. You really get a, a sense of like how competent a guitar player he is on this as well. I know obviously he's written all, of, all of this rather than just coming in and putting it over over his parts. But it really shows how much of a confident guitarist he is. Mm-hmm. And would that would that fit with the direction the band went in with Overkill and Bomber when we eventually get
0: to that stage? Is he a bit too refined? I don't think he would have. It would have been a different band, wouldn't it? Because the the stuff like the stuff he's writing is stuff that Lemmy wrote better. Uh, the the style he's playing is not the speed and anger that was needed for them to stand out. Yeah, you know that's. Let's be honest here. The thing that made him stand out, as Lemmy would say himself, was the band that if they moved in next door it would make you law and die. I this version of Motorhead are just playing like prog rock and roll. It's was the prog to rock me
1: I know it's prog sounding but I still think it's like it's not as acid prog I guess I don't know if, if people into prog would like sneer at this that it's it's punk more than mm. anything and, and like punk. rock and roll punk it's prog. just
0: prog sounding some vibrator though V-v-v vibrator yeah, it's a bit of a silly song isn't it <laughs>
1: think this sets the blueprint though for a lot of motorheads like humor that we Mm. start getting through i mean it's lost on on some of the later albums but there is generally a song or two in there where lemmy will try and put in a few lines to like a bit of innuendo or something like that well this is just full of it again uh, going back to the um point about this record having
0: lots of sound effects on that there's <laughs> a
1: vibrator solo would you call it or would it's you just say it solo. <laughs> Jesus. a sound effects?
0: Yeah. i don't like the sound effects i don't really like the song much either to be honest with you it's because the chorus old. is v- 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 vibrator God, That's chorus, you've
1: mate. got you've got the um the what's it called is it on a mat up here of uh, where you've Something got it sounds like it is yeah yeah so you've got the v of a, so it's, <laughs> works on several levels you usually like all that sort several of stuff
0: levels it's a bit fucking bold
1: but yeah this is this is very almost oi punk
0: interesting take an oi punk yeah
1: well it is it's very sort of shouty very like geezer <laughs> type. like cockney geezer um accent to the lyrics or to the delivery of the song I'm I'm sure that wasn't what they were going for, like, but for... no, oh, it's, ju- it's just the lyrics on this song. Slick and smooth, I'm bound to improve your moves and make you feel fine. Stick with me now, I'm ready and how I'm really starting to buzz. Like they're they're on fire with the puns. What's the there's a bit in there about uh, now it made you come. Feeling comes. I'm starting to hum. Uh, <laughs> I can do it like nothing else does. It's, just, it's not a nice song to read.
0: Ow! Unlike to do it spoken word version with of this. it, but when it's not, I me mean, it's just. It's not the worst song in the world. No, like, it's, it's not. Crucify the poor thing. D- this is
1: the thing. I don't hate it. No, yeah, <laughs> <So> yeah. It's <laughs> just like when I look more into it, I'm like, ah, oh, this song shouldn't have been written about this.
0: I guess, like my major beef with the album would be there's nothing really that stands out as like, oh, we've missed out on something there from that not being going forward. It's more just an interesting
1: experiment, I think, to see how much this band changed. I mean, we talked about what Mickey D uh, said on the recording of Sacrifice, where you don't try and take three steps forward. Mm -hmm. You take half a step and you push the envelope a bit but you stick to to your core sound. I think there's elements of what the band will become on this, but this isn't indicative, this isn't the alpha. This this isn't the alpha motorhead, this is almost like a, what have we called it before? We've called it like a
0: hawk head or (laughs) a a motor wind. (laughs) Motor wind, that's a good name. Iron Horses has got a good motorhead sound to it, though, doesn't it? It has. This version's very
1: loungy <laughs> as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: it's too relaxed, this version. I really. It's...
1: I don't want to say elevator music, but nice piano See, when I, in the when corner I, cocktail lounge. Yeah, I
0: looked at the, the the playlist there. It was like, oh, yeah, Iron Horses. I like the song, but I was like, oh, no, this isn't Iron Horses. This is, quotation marks, Iron Horses. It's too relaxed. It doesn't sound like fucking motorbikes and, and men in leather jackets punching toothless women in, off their bikes. It, it sounds like a, a lounge lizard singing about it. It does. It's It's almost like we're getting the
1: pre-self parody. Like this isn't. This isn't rich cheese. This is. <laughs> I know someone. Someone said this was like the em- embodiment of pub rock. One of the all music reviewers says it's like. It's steeped in blues and drenched in booze. Yeah. <laughs> the epitome <laughs> of pub rock, which I,
0: I I love that line. It's a nice line, but is is it, is it true? I mean, pub rock. What do you, what even is pub rock? It's Pop Rock War, ACDC, yeah. and Airborne is basically... <laughs> but they're, they're the only ones of that genre yeah. in the world. It's just music for the lads, I guess, is what that means, and I wouldn't classify this as that. I think it's it's quite... High, not highbrow, It's uh, it's got intelligence to it, you know what I mean? It's not just, like, she, you know, she shook me all night long, mistress for Christmas, <laughs> all that. I don't
1: know, we could imagine this. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously a, harking back to, like, Rebel cause and all these 50s, like, Viker mm-hmm. movies this version could have been on the soundtrack for for
0: those movies almost uh, all right then so uh, city kids is a, a personal favorite of mine another Larry. Well, Holy Larry. You you brought it with it. I I like the song. Yeah. It's not top tier, but it's a a good... What we're talking about now, it's venturing into the other stuff, territory. I reckon this Nobody knows and nobody cares what goes on in here. You summed it up. You set the premise. I'm with you. Talk to me more. That's
1: the thing. If any song was going to make it over to the band long term, I... Given this a listen, I'd say it'd be this over Mohez. This seems to really mm-hmm. sum up like what the band's about, even though it's not written for the band. Almost it's easier a to weird get situation. Where... With it as
0: well, huh? it'd be easier to get airplay with it. Yeah, I
1: suppose because this was a song that Larry brought over from from Pink Fairies.
0: Yeah, because he was in Pink Fairies at the same time.
1: But yeah, this this out of anything is the takeaway from this album. I think I think this is the one you listen to to see what the band was like and eventually where we'd end up yeah, in no in four years time. One of the things I'd li- I like about this as well is like, you don't hear Lemmy sing. You're that used to hearing this barking, rough, raw vocal from him. Like, just because just that's the motorhead <laughs> sound. And it's, that's true. It's really, It's really nice to just go back and listen to some of these just to, hear what he does sound like when he does sing because he is he he is a competent singer at the end of the day
0: it's only 25 years of motorhead the best of that is a good best of it's my my first motorhead cd it's got city kids on it on disc one so that's probably where it's stuck in my mind for so long from
1: this is the thing i think this album seems to have it's almost been like broken up and yeah and the wind's just taken it, and bits mm. have ended up sort of everywhere. Like, the Moathead's obviously gone on to be on the debut album. City Kids has been put on this best of on paroles. As... What did on parole end up? Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers. It's a dead odd genesis of this band, which it it doesn't follow convention, where, for all intents and purposes, this could have been the break for them like this could have shot them off on an entirely different timeline and could have been a band that lasted a few years and then faded into
0: obscurity fake man you know the the right people in the right places doing the right speed with the right people <laughs> painting the right boats with the right person yeah. <laughs> the watcher is a a weird one isn't
1: it yeah this like i think you mentioned it earlier about the bass sound on there like the bass sound it Sounds like it's being played rather than
0: just thrashed out
1: like it would be.
0: Uh, coming from the world of being the bass player in a band that like, isn't yours when he's in Hawkwind, just there to play bass accidentally ends up writing them the most successful song gets kicked out for it because they don't want that much attention drawn to them because they carry a lot of drugs with them wherever they go so they pin it on Timmy, on Lemmy, that he's carrying all the drugs and they get him kicked out of the band. And he says, fine, I'll start my own band with Blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the band. But then he doesn't forget the band. He starts the band. But no, that's not this band, technically. Technically not, yet. <laughs>
1: it's got the same name. Yes. It's a dead weird delivery of this as well. It. I reckon this could be on like an Alice Cooper record or something like that. Just the way the the way the vocals are delivered it really sounds like it's it's very it's very 70s uh rocking or 70s classic rock like like cooper is and Mm. like theatrics and whispering and
0: so that's it's also got the uh prototype for lemmy like weird songwriting stuff in there as well like you know all the stuff like uh from bastards and as we will hear going on to stuff like Sacrifice, where it's just songs about terrible things and terrible worlds and bone machines and Orgasmatrons.
1: It's weird how that sort of laid a bit dormant and that sort of stuff was put to one side, because when the first example we really get of an experimental song, is it Orgasmatron in 86?
0: (sighs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Bizarre, isn't it? I mean, they they stuck Once he found the formula, he stuck with his guns and and went straight along with it, or steam full steam ahead with it until really we get to we get to Orgasmotron where they do start changing things up and experimenting. Mm-hmm. With her. I mean, it's this slow progression, but there's such a jump from this to um to overkill.
0: Without progression, we're stuck with regression. That gets us nowhere
1: but again on this there's another amazing solo eddie was known for for sort of shredding and being very punk but wallace is very melodic as well and you don't really get the quite melodic solos coming in until um until like phil campbell comes in the band or well not even phil um robbo yeah <laughs> my favorite mohead member
0: but that's the watcher what about leaving here I'm leaving I'm leaving here—that's yeah. um, an olden, is it? Hey, uh, oh, that yeah. Yeah. Leaving here was like a Motown yeah. song. So not choice for a cover on, like songs about trains and shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ste- stealing a uh, blues culture, repackaging it to sell it to suburban white youths. What's more rock and roll than that? <laughs> Again, that's a, just the. A... <laughs> the dead weird juxtaposition
1: of this mm-hmm. because you've got you've got this which is almost nostalgic for the 50s but then you've got like stuff like on parole and city kids which are basically taking all that and putting it on its heads to say that all that all that nostalgia and all that 50s stuff you like you know that's like that's all gone we're we're not gonna be prim and proper just because just because you were in your youth like We'll do what we want, and we don't care.
0: <laughs> well, the single, which this is, like the B side, there's White Line Fever, so that says enough, doesn't it? <laughs> old school <Yeah. laughs> train song about rock and roll and good times, and then one about doing loads of coke. <laughs> I-, I like leaving here a song. It's it's it's, it's yeah, it's fine. I like it when someone takes a an old an old and golden oldie and puts some balls to it. Yeah, we seem to have got
1: this trend at the minute, where it's the opposite. where people will take. Songs that I have got not oh, Christ and that balls to and they just
0: do... die It's death. That man, I'm sick of ukulele covers of "Sweet Child of fucking Mine." <laughs> Shove it up your ass, "Sweet Child of Mine." Fucking welcome to the jungle on a bassoon. Wasn't well, you know, <laughs> it? Fucking. It
1: is. It is an awful trend at the minute. It's usually around this time. We've got more and more of them because it's coming up to Christmas. Oh
0: well, yeah, that's it's a that's a bad idea. The song was a good idea. Yeah, what, then, what it was a bad idea it was fucking Lost Johnny I don't like that song
1: no, no it's like the it. only one that, that Phil wasn't able to overdub for the reasons we went through earlier <laughs>
0: alleged reasons being, we can't discuss no he wasn't for being drunk and disorderly wasn't he
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not allegedly about it
0: Like, there's always a album. There's always a song on the Motorhead album that's just too slow to be there, in my opinion. But you know, I guess they they want that piece broken up. They think it needs to be there. I could easily live without it.
1: Yeah, it's very eerie sounding. But again, again, it's nice to hear Lemmy singing because we don't we don't get that on Motorhead albums. It's it's just not there. But again, we've got no bass sound on this as well, yeah. so it really doesn't sound
0: like Motorhead. It doesn't sound like Motorhead. All. Yeah. Well, that's probably why that like, this not on many of my best subs. Much like fools, like I couldn't even fucking remember that song until um, two minutes in because it's five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Like his voice either as a singer or, or Larry. I think it's unique. You know, if it, if it was his own band, I'd be like, yeah, nothing against this. Yeah, I mean, there <sighs> harmonizes well in that bit when he
1: harmonizes he on does, the other tracks. He does, and like it's, it's really psychedelic. Like his voice just fits with that. With that, probably better than Eddie Clark's voice to be fair. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um... <laughs> But it's it's just that Because, w- I mean, the only person I can think of who's got a voice like that who went on doing well in in traditional metals, Aussie. Mm.
2: Yeah.
0: Cause he
1: kind of took that. But if you think of bands like Pentagram mm. who do more like prog and and psychedelic stuff, it just fits in so well with that. I think I think that's the main takeaway off this. He's probably a bit more suited to something like well to psychedelic rock something that is a bit more Hawkins, yeah. as it were
0: you need something spacey to let that, that cool like echo effect resonates through the pitch of his voice yeah that's that's the thing it's it doesn't have a place in motorhead to me it's an
1: interesting it's... piece of history and it's an interesting artifact to go back and have a look at to go like look at look at what you could have won <laughs> but um <laughs> but no it obviously he's got a major contribution to this band and you know Mothead probably wouldn't have existed yeah. without him. I mean, without this record, would have would Lemmy have given up long before this time? Because Who I know, knows. well, we talk about the Chiswick years where this is this is like the last thing of that I'm sick of ta- or trying to trying to get this band off the ground for the past four or five years. Obviously, this might have given him you know, that that spur they needed to to push on. Mm-hmm. That look, we came so close to getting this record out and the only thing that's stopping it is the label. It's all there and recorded, ready to go. And it
0: did eventually make,
1: see the light of day,
0: but they didn't see any fucking money from it mm. because record label executives are heartless bastards. So Larry's contribution interesting. Mm. That that's oh no, like he obviously had a career of his own afterwards as well. So you're good for him. He's I'm sure progheads are big big fans there's just not much there in the discography that interests me personally did something with mc5 we did something with wayne kramer from mc5 so that's a feather in the cap i think the takeaways from this extremely competent
1: guitarist like some of the solos on this are amazing and it's not just that he's a good guitar player he's a good songwriter the two that are on here which Arguably the best songs on here are "City Kids" and "On Parole," which he both wrote. Like those are the obviously you take away other bits from this, but those were the songs written by him. Like yeah. the other, like Lemmy songs, Moatheads probably the only one you take away from there, really. But I think I think with Larry, extremely competent guitarist, like really melodic solos, but even even some elements are shredding before it was shredding in there and everything like his voice as you as you say he's a he's a great singer like he fits so well in in like the psychedelic scene and everything and probably he's i don't want to say he's too good to be in the band at this stage but he's just just not good enough for the. he's not he's not a good enough fit but i don't think we can um we can discount his contribution to the bank obviously this sets the groundwork because this it really is the foundation for the debut
0: wiki lists one of his genres as proto-punk is that just because he was in motorhead Isn't that? i
1: reckon this might
0: be i mean stuff like vibrator i mean come on <laughs> true true well that's uh that album and that's larry wallace Born in nineteenth of May nineteen ninety four, died nineteenth of September two thousand nineteen, age seventy, actually. R.I.P. Have
1: be missed? Yeah. I, I mean not just I mean a lot of motorhead fans have been, you know, giving their, their tributes and everything, but obviously competent producer, very talented musician mm-hmm. who can who could put his hand to to all sorts of different genres, which is the mark of a good musician being able to to change with the times and fit their style to or fit their play into different styles
0: and that's another episode in the can next month we'll do a, a motorhead album because that's why you good people want to hear so join us then as we discuss sacrifice sacrifice don't dance to that album you'll break your legs and as we always say at the end of the show that's our motorhead we don't always say that but we're saying it now. Goodbye. Goodbye.